Welcome to Gruesome, your horrific true crime podcast. I am Connie, along with Lobster Fest Queen Meg, and today she is going to tell us about the Carnation Massacre. I did get lobster. I had... I got a gift card to Red Lobster, and I went tonight, and I got lobster, and I got... Well, I tried to get crab legs, but they were out. What? Yeah, they sold out. And I'd been talking about them. Like, the second I got my gift card, I was like, oh, I'm getting crab legs. And we got there, and I was like, I would like crab legs, please. And she was like, we don't have any. I was like, no. You're like, well, this is how I die. Yeah, this is how I'm going out. So instead, I got a lobster tail and shrimp and scallops so i got enough ocean fare but i did miss out on the crab legs a little bit because i'd hype myself up for them dude i hate that i hate when I'm, <laughs> fuck yeah i'm ready and then that happened ripped away from you that happened to me today with uh we have a new taco place in town that i gotta take you to because it is top tier and i called and i was like can i have Berea tacos please and i had to repeat myself like four times because my voice sounds so stupid and then she's <laughs> like, like why she's like sorry we don't have berea today and i was like oh god okay did you just hang up the phone were you like i don't want anything then hell no i was like i'll take a steak burrito <laughs> thank you <laughs> we'll make it work I, I yeah that's kind of what happened i was just like she was like, oh, we don't have them. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. There's plenty of, like, I'll always eat. Yeah, there's something here. Nothing. There's something I'll, I'll handle. <laughs> it was like that. Okay. I All right, let's do it. Food or I'm going to need a snack. All right. So we're going to talk about the Carnation Massacre today. Trigger warning. Children do die in it for the record. And with that. Michelle Anderson and Joseph McEnroe initially met in 2002 in an AOL chat room dedicated to fantasy role-playing and LARPing. Um, it's where all of the good stories start in AOL chat room, Meg. The, all, all of, of your stories. good stories. <laughs> you know, I love a, an online romance. Uh, McEnroe had met several people from the chat room in real life, and eventually he would meet Michelle Anderson. He described her. She was very sweet, very cute girl. And before they had met in person, Michelle sent Joseph pictures of herself. And McEnroe lived in Glendale, Arizona. And after he had chatted with Anderson for like six months, he mailed all of his possessions to Washington State so that the two of them could be together. And according to McEnroe, Michelle had described herself as Linda Hamilton in Terminator 2. Which, what? what? Okay. It would get any guy's attention. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the photos that she had sent to Joseph were not up to date. They were significantly older than what he saw when he got there. And he was surprised that she didn't really look like her photos or like Linda Hamilton. Uh, but he said that he had fallen in love with her for her personality and while they were talking online. And so the couple moved to Spring Glen Mobile Home Park in Fall City, Washington in 2004. 
He was like, you know what? You know what, baby? It's okay that you don't look like your pictures. I love you anyways. And they moved into a trailer park together. And that should have been happily ever after. <laughs> that should have been it. That should have been the end. Uh, the tenants, they paid their $390 rent on time each month. Um, Anderson was working as a security guard and McEnroe had a career at Target. But Michelle Anderson and her brother, Scott, had a plan. They were going to start a company where they painted cars. Their automotive painting company was called Pure Evil Customs, which sounds like a... Hell yeah, that's metal as fuck. <laughs> it's like, definitely got a flaming skull somewhere in there. Um, and in addition to working security and wanting to start this like automotive painting business, uh, Anderson would also occasionally fill in as a postal carrier on her mother's route in the nearby town of Carnation, Washington. Because she's trying to pay the bills. Uh, neighbors of Joe and Michelle said that, other than for work, the couple never really left their house. And when they did, they would avoid any kind of interaction with any of the neighbors. Um, unless something like sent them into a rage which was usually like a minor thing so if there were kids in their yard or if there was a car in their parking spot if there was a cat on their porch they would throw a fit they would freak out on the neighbors so honestly their neighbors were probably avoiding them as well i would yeah that's what i was gonna say <laughs> like if my neighbors acted like that i'd be like mm -mm, don't talk to me i don't really have any neighbors though they also reported that the couple would argue so frequently and so loudly that you could hear them even several homes away. One of the things that the couple argued about a lot was money. But despite this, McEnroe said that he and Anderson, they were going to marry. Um, he was going to take her last name and the two wanted to have a baby within two years, which was his, he's going to take her last name. It's very woke for 2005 ish. Yeah, definitely. But, but the money troubles caused a strain on their relationship. And in 2006, they left Spring Glen to move on to a property that was owned by Anderson's parents. So they were having money issues. They couldn't afford to live in this um, mobile home park anymore. And so they moved a mobile home that they had onto her parents' property. Michelle Anderson did not want to move to her parents' property. Her relationship with her parents was described as volatile. It had been that way for many years. As a teenager, Michelle claimed that her mother didn't understand her, which that's all teenagers, I'm pretty sure. Um, but she said she was treated unkindly and that she said her father would beat her. Michelle frequently described her father as a vicious person. She had an older sister, but her brother Scott was the only person she felt like she could trust. And I'm emphasizing that she felt like she could only trust Scott because Michelle had some extreme anxieties and she was kind of described as paranoid. She thought that there were people out to get her in their Spring Glen trailer. They had like blocked the windows out with like black material to hide what they thought were hide from what they thought were neighbors who were like out to get them and spying on them. And they were going to break into their house. They were looking in their windows. She 
was just constantly paranoid that someone was after her. Joe McEnroe's family was concerned about his relationship with Michelle. His mother, her name is Sean Johnston, had been, she had been evicted from an apartment that Joe had leased for her, and it had damaged his credit, and that prevented him from being able to rent a new place with Michelle. So he hadn't spoken to his mom since 2002 when he had moved there. And the last time they had spoke, she said that, or he said that he was mad at her and Michelle was mad at her because they couldn't rent a place and they had to get this like mobile home and it was her fault. After that phone call, uh, Joe cut off contact, contact with his family and Sean and Joe's siblings spent the next five years searching for McEnroe. He just kind of like fell off the face of the earth. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. On Christmas Eve, 2007, Anderson, then 30, and McEnroe, who was 29, drove 200 yards from their mobile home to the White House where Michelle's parents, Wayne and Judy, lived. Wayne was a 60-year-old engineer with Boeing, and her mother, 61-year-old Judy, was a postal worker. When the couple showed up, Judy was wrapping Christmas gifts for her grandkids in a room at the back of the house. Joseph McEnroe met her in the back room and rushed to the front of the house because they heard a gunshot. Michelle Anderson had shot her father and missed. So she had shot at her father. When she missed, McEnroe stepped in and pulled out his own gun and then shot Wayne in the head. Judy, <laughs> I hear you. What? Like, what? Yes. So on Christmas Eve, they moved on her to the property and they lived there for a while. And then on Christmas Eve, they showed up and uh, she tried to shoot him and she missed. So he stepped in and shot him in the head. And then Judy started screaming um, and McEnroe shot her as well. She fell to the floor and he apologized to her before shooting her in the head again. Um, And the couple then hid their bodies because company was due to arrive any moment for Christmas Eve dinner. On the the way to Christmas Eve dinner were Anderson's brother, Scott, who was 32, and his wife, Erica, who was 30, and then their two children— five-year-old Olivia, and three-year-old Nathan. Mm-hmm. So her brother and his family Don't like where coming. this is going. Mm, I know, I know. Michelle had felt as though her parents did not respect her, and she claimed that her brother owed her money and refused to pay her back for this business that they never started. So for months, she and Joe planned to attack her family members on Christmas Eve specifically. Unless, before that time, they kind of came around to her way of thinking. So she was like, I, if they can prove to me that they respect me before Christmas Eve, then I won't murder them. But if they don't, then I'm gonna. So Anderson and McEnroe, they started to clean up before Scott's family got there. They dragged that. They dragged Anderson's parents into a shed just outside their home 
using blankets and towels that put them on there and dragged them out. And then they soaked up all the blood that they could. Anything that they felt like could be used as evidence, it was taken outside and they were going to have a, a fire, like a bonfire in the fire pit and burn it all. Scott arrived and Michelle confronted him. She was like, you need to pay me the money that you owe me. And she pulled a gun on him and Scott charged her, which good for him. Like my dad always taught me that you should charge a gun and run away from a knife. So, yep. I think your dad has told me that before. I know. He's a, it's a George nugget of wisdom that he likes to, if you you bring up a knife fight, he'll say that exact thing to you, which good advice for your teenage daughters, right? (laughs) I like Uh, that you said daughters because like, that's kind of what I was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I know. I remember you you called him Jorge. Jorge. Yep. Always called him Jorge. Uh, anyways, so he charged her and he tried to get the gun out of her hand, but Michelle shot him. In her words, she said she shot him at least twice, but maybe as many as four times. She then shot Erica, his wife, twice as well. But Erica was able to crawl to a phone and dial 911. Officials stated that a call was made from the house at 5.13 p.m. on December 24th. And that phone call lasted approximately 10 seconds. But the dispatcher said that no one spoke into the phone and there was just a lot of yelling in the background. So they kind of thought it was just like a Christmas party where someone accidentally called 911 and the call disconnected and then the dispatcher hung up. But the dispatcher did follow up with two more calls back to the house and they immediately went to voicemail. So the call disconnected, they hung up, they called back two more times. At so five did, she, ni- did they send? Did they send? Mm-hmm. At 519, two deputies were dispatched to the Anderson property. And they arrived at about 545, so like 25 minutes later. But when they got there, the gate to the house was chained and locked. So they didn't make contact with anyone at the residence. The dispatcher's log noted that the deputies reported that they were unable to gain access to the property. So they sent people, but no one could get in, so they left. Before Erica had the chance to speak to the dispatcher, Joe McEnroe had taken the cordless phone from her hand and removed the batteries. He then allowed Erica to huddle up with her two young children before he shot her in the head as well. After killing Erica, McEnroe shot five-year-old Olivia in the head at close range and did the same to three-year-old Nathan. I don't, that, that's one of the situations, like, there's absolutely no reason for that. No, this was. There's no fucking reason. For there that. was no reason for any of this. Like, exactly. There was, Ugh. And the fact that she's, she's like, my family doesn't respect me, but they're like, they're taking care of you, kind of. You're living on their yeah, property. Yeah, you fucking live on their property. They're helping ass. you. You're you're like cut like you cover your mom's shifts at work, and like she's a lot like that helps you make money. Like she's helping you. It's I don't know. I don't know the situation. As we say, we're not there, but ugh. But yeah, I don't know. Just but no sense. Sketch. No sense. Yeah, make makes no sense. 
So Judy was expected to show up for work on December 26th, and no one was able to reach her. So one of her coworkers, who she worked with one of her best friends, and they went to her house to investigate. They were like, I'm just going to go and see what's up. Judy, I feel like as a postal service, you have to be time, like a postal service worker, you have to be timely, right? Yeah. Like yeah. everyone needs their mail. Coworker came to investigate, and when she got there, she discovered the bodies of Scott and his family in the living room, and she immediately called the police. Investigators showed up at the home and began collecting evidence. And initially, Anderson and McEnroe's plan was that they were going to escape to Canada. So they were going to murder her family and then go to Canada. And they left the crime scene. Like, they left the house, and they were gone. And for a reason that is still unknown, they returned. They came. <laughs> we love a dumb criminal. Right? right. That's exactly what I was about to say. I know. They came back. And so they come back and the cops are like, hey, what's your deal? What are you up to? And they were pretty much immediately arrested on suspicion of homicide. And again, they didn't come back to turn themselves in. They definitely would have seen the, like, numerous emergency response vehicles that had arrived to support the investigation. So they pulled into the property, and they're like, yeah, we'll just still go. And neither Anderson or McEnroe asked officials what was going on when they arrived at the property. They just showed up, and they were like, oh, hey, you want to interview us? Sure. All right, let's do it. They, (laughs) I know, I know. Sorry. I was trying to think of something funny that they would have came back for, but yeah, they're like, oh man, I forgot my cell phone. Like you should. So they come back and they didn't really seem concerned. Police were like, they don't seem worried. They don't seem upset. And they both admitted to the killings pretty much immediately after being arrested. And it does, it feels random and like unnecessary, but they both confessed and they were arrested and went to trial fairly quickly. McEnroe, his team immediately was like, okay, these murders are completely Anderson's fault. But really, he had committed most of those murders. Like, he, uh, they just, yeah, Terminator girl didn't have good aim. It wasn't, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I should have laughed at that. <laughs> oh, that was sorry. No, it's... (laughs) Uh, Being Linda Hamilton, you should have better aim. Oh, no, that was terrible. Okay, we're moving on quickly. We're going to ask you guys to pretend like you didn't hear it. Uh, So um, (laughs) McEnroe immediately tried to blame the murders on Anderson. His team described him as a man who deserved leniency. He was just a vulnerable guy. He was manipulated and used by his girlfriend. Just a little baby. (laughs) Just a little baby. I don't have any money. (laughs) He she had groomed him. He had mental illness. I can't Um, wait to see what this bitch looks like. (laughs) During the trial, Joseph told the jury that Anderson had convinced him to kill her entire family but he had loved them because they had all been kind to him. And he was only trying to protect Michelle. And I don't know. You From can't shoot, what? Uh, yeah, a five-year-old and a three-year-old. Like, you yeah, can't, like, you can't shoot children and expect anyone to buy that bullshit. Yeah, like, no. Okay, look, 
Maybe her parents. Maybe you could get away with that shit with her parents. Maybe. If you squint real hard and look to the side, they could be like, I could see where they were not. No, you can't. But you killed two children, you dumbass. Yeah. You deserve all the horrible things. Yeah. Um, Anderson, on the other hand, felt like she deserved to be executed for the six murders, but she pleaded not guilty. She told reporters mm. that she was gui- that she was guilty and she wanted the death penalty if the jury would agree. I agree. <laughs> Anderson would have been the first woman in Washington to face a potential execution. She told the Seattle Times, I'm a different kind of person. Life in prison is not enough punishment for me. I want the most severe punishment, which would be the death penalty. I think if I kill a bunch of people, I'm not sure I deserve to live and I want to waive my trial. Anderson claimed that she had attempted to plead guilty to aggravated first-degree murder, but was unable to do so as the prosecuting attorney was still weighing the possibility of the death penalty, which it kind of just sounds like she wants a cop-out. Like, she's like, I don't want to think about the fact that I did this for the rest of my life. Can you please just put me out of my misery? Mm -hmm. Which is bullshit. In May of 2008, she underwent a full competency evaluation to determine if she would be capable of assisting in her own defense. Uh, And the information from that evaluation was included in, like, the mitigation packet that they sent to the court with other evidence that was just trying to, like, persuade the prosecuting attorney to not seek the death penalty. Her legal team said that Anderson's mental health history and family background provided enough evidence for the jury jury to see that she was an inappropriate candidate for the death sentence. So after 10 months of deliberation, they said that, you know what, we're going to go along with Anderson and we're going to pursue the death penalty. Good for them. (laughs) Like They're like, hey, you asked for it. You asked for it, babe. Here it comes. So, and this went on until July of 2011. Jesus. It lasted so long. In a July 2011 hearing, Anderson's lawyers told the Superior Court Judge Jeffrey Ramsdell that Anderson was highly emotional and would not be able to assist in her own defense, leading to a second evaluation of her mental competency. Western State Hospital deemed Anderson mentally fit to stand trial. And then two years later, in 2013, Anderson's lawyers submitted a request for Anderson to be provided with a television or a radio and to enjoy an additional hour of her of outside time outside of her jail cell each day. Why? She was arrested in 2007, and in that time, she had been primarily placed in solitary confinement. Oh, okay. I do kind of. She had also refused to speak to her attorneys or to the defense psychologist. So, like, she wasn't budging on anything. She was just, uh, I'm not really sure what her deal was. There was not any. I do think that solitary is worse than death. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. Like, I like. I like people and I like talking and to be alone in your own head all the time, especially after you did some fucking horrible shit, it would make me feel worse. I mean, I hope she sits and thinks I about would, what she did every single day, every minute of the day, but I yeah, could see where I, they were like, if it was me, like, 
I would also want the death penalty after that. And there really wasn't any finality in this case until 2015. And in 2015, the jury that convicted McEnroe chose to not give him the death penalty. Um, and the prosecutors were like, okay, we're not seeking the death penalty against Anderson anymore either because he didn't get it. So then they were like, it's not fair if she does. Yeah, especially when he's the one who like pulled the trigger. Pulled the trigger, yes. And McEnroe was given six life sentences without the possibility of parole. And then Anderson received the same sentence from a different jury in 2016. Jesus. So literally almost 10 years of trying to get this case to an end point. I got to look this. I got to look him up right now. And the testimonies from the trial were like super heartbreaking. Family members and friends spoke on behalf of the victims. Anderson showed little to no emotion during the hearing or her sentencing. At the end, she declined the opportunity to speak. And what I'm confident felt like a knife in the heart, her sister Mary told Michelle during the testimony, look at what you did to your life and look at what you did to your family. Your brother loved you so much. And, and it's true. Like, her family did love her and she was sick and got her boyfriend to murder them all i mean she didn't get him to do it but she was definitely a part of him murdering my god i'm looking at the crime scene photos this is awful yeah it's not pretty Mm. she looks exactly how i thought she would look it's been a while since i wrote this yeah yeah. And, and like, it looks like in prison she got bad skin. That's what you get, bitch. That's what you get. No Accutane in jail. Uh, it looks like in prison she got bad skin. Can't do your skincare regimen. I know it's mm-hmm. sad. There's it's a picture awful. of like, her with her family like holding a Christmas present and a baby and it just like... It is terrible and should, like, the fact that it happened on Christmas is even worse. You can, our listeners can definitely tell we plan to release these episodes before since both of us had Christmas Eve. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Well, life happens. Sometimes you get laryngitis and you don't know why. I know what my husband tells me it's from, but it's so inappropriate. I'm like, that is not what that's from. We can't share that with the class. Cannot share that with the class. I just can't believe that it took so long. Yeah, that's ten years almost, nine years to get to a spot where they could do anything. I think she wanted to be like, I would like the death penalty, but I think if it would have came down to it, she would have appealed it. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I think she just wanted to not be, not have to be held responsible. You know. Ugh. Like, if I'm dead, then I don't have to imagine your son like disappearing, and then that's what you find out he was up to. Yeah, you know, and I didn't find anything after that, um, about what his family said afterwards. They probably stopped looking, they're like, All right, man, we don't have, I don't know who that is anymore. Be careful who you meet in AOL chat rooms. 
Dude, I used to meet some weirdos in AOL chat rooms. I had a I had a couple of strange experiences with uh, AOL and AIM messaging where like people I had like never I don't know how I had got them onto my like chat, like on what is it, what was it called? Like your messenger? That was Yeah, um, AOL AIM. I didn't Yeah, I didn't know how I, they got on my AIM and then I would talk to them and then I like would just keep talking to them for like years. And it's I very Megan of you. I know, just like just talking to people who uh I really didn't know who they were just for and I don't know how I met them or where I met them. They just showed up one day and I was like, okay, I'll be we'll be friends. This is fine. ASL, baby. ASL. Uh I saw a thing the other day that was like, what you think ASL stands for determines uh how old you are. Because apparently <laughs> there's a new there's a new like thing yeah it's called american sign language it's uh it's as hell like that's what the kids are saying asl like you're you're stupid asl like you're stupid as hell but it's uh i'm like that's oh my god chin it's actually pretty good but that's not what that is as l right it's just shortened and it works i get it but I also am like, that's that already means one thing in my brain. It can't mean both. No, I just had this whole, I've been having a lot of life lesson conversations with my 13-year-old, and we were talking about why he can't have social media. I and mean, like that's why probably he, a hard thing to, yeah, to like, tell a 13-year-old. Yeah, because like all of his friends have Snapchat. All of his friends have like Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and we're like look man I know it doesn't seem like it now but one day day, one day you're gonna do really stupid shit and you're gonna be thankful that you're not you don't have it posted to your social media there's not a record of it and I was like look I'm gonna be honest I did some crazy things and we had like my space I was like but those pictures will never be seen again we don't (laughs) we don't know what happened with those but we don't know what happened with those well, I mean, I deleted mine I when I was like, I don't know, 18 or something. But I, I wish I still had all the pictures that were on it. Yeah, me too. That's where I'm I at. wish I had. I wish I had saved them because they like even though there was like dumb stuff and probably terrible like angles and all the emo things you can imagine. Uh, there were still a lot of like fun times that I feel like I don't have those pictures of, like especially with you and I. Like, yeah. Like, or- I want those pictures. I want the pictures back. And you know what sucks is like, they, it's hard. Like, I remember being like, mom, can I please have MySpace? And for the longest time, she was like, no, no, you can't. Ask. I just got it. But like, it's, I was like, bro, I'm trying to protect your mental health here. I know let, it doesn't seem let, like it. But. Let me help you. And I always go back to, and I'm sorry if you have Snapchat, because I stand by this. I do not understand the fascination with Snapchat. Like, I've never, it's not something I've ever, like, really been into. So, I got it, I was just talking about this earlier. I got it in um, 2018, because I, at the place I worked, um, everyone had it, and there was, like, a group chat on it. And so, we all talked via that. 
So I got it and I took a lot and I liked it. I took a lot of pictures and I used it to talk to them. But when I stopped working at that place, I stopped using it. So now I have, and when I was in school, I, you know, made friends that are younger than me because I was in my thirties and most people in college are not. And so sometimes I have people that I'm friends with now that will message me on it and I won't see it for like days and I'll open it and the picture will be gone because it's been 24 hours. (laughs) I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta check that. I forgot. Like Uh, we, I, when my husband was deployed, I used like we use Snapchat because he didn't like his phone didn't work. And so like we talked through that. But like since he's been home, I'm like, I don't really. And I will I don't die really on the to talk to you, actually. I will die on the hill that teenagers do not need an app where their pictures disappear. Yeah, that seems like that's cool. a hill I will die on. And if your kids have it, I'm not trying to like mom shame you or anything or dad shame you like it, it, you do what's best for your kids. Like that's you. You know how your kids are. but. I just, I know it sounds weird, but like I have a son and I'm trying to, pre- I have a friend whose husband was like a vice principal and he said that 90% of the issues that he sees on a daily basis stem from Snapchat. 90%? Yeah. What kind of issues? I want to know just about. Just like. My kids aren't there yet. You know, like bullying and like pictures going around that aren't supposed to be going around and. And nobody can prove it because no one can prove it because they disappear. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just I was like, yeah, son, sorry, man. You, you could have Snapchat have when you're in college, and you don't <laughs> like not here. When you don't not live now. in my house anymore. More like when you're not 13, man. Like, there's no reason at 13 that you need an app where your pictures disappear. Yeah, I. Uh... It's just a man, weird time. I... And, you know, I have it. I still have the app on my phone, and I, like, bring it up, and, like, me and my kids will do the filters together. Yeah, and yeah. And I think it's fun. Like, the filters are fun to play with, but I don't do anything with them, you know? I've been, like, I, my daughter likes them because, like, you know how you can, like, some, like, now you can do the, on, uh, I messaging you can like turn yourself into different things so like she uh, does like those yeah I know that like there's, there's like kids messenger on Facebook that has them too right yeah so, yeah yeah that's what there's well that's what my I, oldest it's says. on I messaging too yeah my oldest was that. like well my brother he's got kids messenger I was like bro he's not doing anything but ignoring people on there so you should have asked him, be like, do you want it too? You can have a kid's messenger. You can have kid's messenger <laughs> if you want. Oh, <laughs> uh, Would that make you happy? All right, man. No one's stopping you. Do you think um, he secretly has it, like, somewhere? When he goes to download an app, it gives me, like, a parental request. Oh, right, because you have, what's it called? Well, I don't even have that on there right now. That's just like because I messaging or when iPhones updated, uh huh, it's like a kid. Like I just have him under me on his profile. Like a kid's. What did you used to have? Bark, bark. And, yeah, and I really liked that. And then iPhone just kind of like upgraded. Yeah, like it. yeah, iPhones now like if nude photos are sent, like it. Like, they don't, you can't send them. It can tell. Yeah. 
Um, and then like it'll I'll get like a thing like, hey, your son's sending dick pics. Um, <laughs> better not be. <laughs> better not be. But it also like um, it limits like the time he can be on his apps and like stuff like that to just kind of. So he can't just hit ignore and like scroll it away. No, because I have a like my kids have my old phone well, and like there's nothing on it. It's just all their games are on it. And but if I put time limits on stuff, it's like time limit expired and then they can just like hit ignore and it's like whoop, gone. Uh, if you reset it up, if you um, instead of having it as just like an extra Apple ID for you, if mm -hmm. you set it up as a kid's account under you, it won't do that. Yeah. It'll completely lock it. Oh, maybe I'll just like reset it again and try that. Yeah. My son got my middle son. I got like a Black Friday iPad deal for him because you uh -huh. know we raised we raised these iPad kids, man. <laughs> we got these got these iPad kids running around. But he uh, he <laughs> he already was like more Roblox time, more Roblox. Time. I'm gonna need all the Roblox time, please. I got he he spent uh he got PlayStation gift cards for my mother in law. Uh-huh. He was supposed to use them for another year of PlayStation Plus. What did he do? You use them on Robux? Fucking Fortnite V-Bucks. How much? And how much? A hundred dollars worth. And then he <laughs> turned around and bought PlayStation Plus on my credit card. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna get Fortnite money and then I'm gonna get my PlayStation anyways. <laughs> So he had gotten like Christmas money from like it's like a bonus Christmas present, dude. The look on his face, and I was like, "Go get me all of your Christmas money that you have." And he's like, "What?" I said, "Give it to me." And he said, "Oh, you made him pay you back then." I made him pay me back for it. I was like, "You, this isn't like you don't just get." I was like, "That's stealing. Like you just stole, just stole my money, bitch." He's like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, yeah, you yes, knew what you were doing when you bought $100 worth of V-Bucks. You can read. Has a lot. Sorry, I just got my drink delivered to help. I was excited. Ooh, fancy. I know, it's good times. Look, uh, Fortnite and Roblox and all those, they knew what they were doing when they marketed to 10-year-old kids and single adults. Again, then I say, kids can read like this. Yeah, they knew. I didn't. I didn't know what I was doing. It's such a horseshit excuse. And then they're like, "Oh, it's it's fine. I'll just buy seven hundred dollars worth of app shit on my phone." Because last year he bought two hundred dollars worth of games because he thought they were all part of the Game Pass. I remember when that happened, and you were like, "He spent." so much money well the best part was i said why am i not seeing when you're downloading the or when you're buying these v bucks like you used to get i used to get emails and my oldest goes oh i set him up his own gmail account for his oh. playstation <laughs> oh i gave him his own internet <laughs> i was sorry like, mom he's like but we can't get into it anymore because I don't know what happened, but it, the account is blocked. It's like, so I can do nothing. It's just gone. I can do nothing. And then I thought to myself, I hate kids. And then I drank.
<laughs> I love them because they're hilarious. They uh, are hilarious. But I don't have the same issues you have yet. I know I will. Oh, it's coming, baby. It's coming. <laughs> I know. Actually, maybe not. Girls are, sorry, by definition, smarter. So probably not. That's not true. The... Is it not? Different... I don't think that's what? true. I think different people have different... It's people-based. It's not boys it, I don't girls. know, though. I watch my boys, like, the way their brains work with things, and then I watch my daughter unpack some of the same type of stuff, and I'm like, it's different, man. Y'all's thought processes are real different. I know. Sometimes it's kind of weird. Like, sometimes my eight-year-old says, like, stuff that's just like, you know, eight-year-old girls probably, like... They're just like the most pure things in the world. It was, what did she say the other day that I told you about? She was like, I think it's normal for people to get mad at each other sometimes. Your kids ever just say stuff to you and it just like hits a little too hard? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. how it felt. She was like, I think people get mad at each other sometimes. And I was like, oh. I call it parenting right? the parent. <laughs> it is. It's definitely how- one of those moments. See- my boys are they're sweet I'll give it to them but like my daughter is like that she she'll say things like it's okay mom accidents happen we all make mistakes and we just have to learn from them that's I know it's just them repeating what we say to them though yeah it It makes you feel a little good you're like all right I'm nailing it I'm doing whatever Barbie's been teaching them because we've been watching that on repeat yeah we so we tried to watch it. We watched most of it, and we got to the Ken dance scene, and they tapped out. They were like, I'm <laughs> done with this. Like, I cannot handle this any longer, and they wanted to go play a game. So I feel we that. Almost... I've, all... I've watched it several times. And <laughs> you're, you're, you're done with it now? I liked it. I, watched, I went to theaters and saw it, and then I went to uh, – I watched it again when it came out on Max, and then – I tried to watch it again with them. And the third time I tapped out too, I was like, I get it. Did you watch Oppenheimer? No, I haven't watched Oppenheimer yet. Dude, I three hours long. I fucking loved Oppenheimer. You loved it? Loved it. In the last couple of days, I've looked at several movies. And if they're more than like, if they're three hours, I'm like, I can't do it. It's too much. I don't want to sit there for three hours. Now, I I broke it up into two days. Oh, like you started it and then finished yeah, it. Yeah, like Titanic on VHS style, baby. I had to break that up. <laughs> I went and saw The Iron Claw earlier. Wait, did you love it? Because I've been obsessively waiting to go see that. Yeah, it was it was really good. Uh, I definitely cried at the end. So, Oh, that's what I was worried. Because I know the story about it and I'm like, or like the family, I should say. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Yeah, no, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely very sad at the end. So... If you if you want a feel good movie, it's a fun movie to watch, but it's not it definitely made me I the tears didn't fall. They just welled into my eyes and I like held them there. I was like, ooh, this is sad. Dude, Jeremy Allen could get it. I saw like some PR video that they were doing where they were like all eating together and it was just like in black and white and he was just like wiping food on his tank top and I was like Good Lord. Yep. Good Lord. <laughs> that was not a I've loved him since the bear. Well, actually, I liked him in Shabless, but I wouldn't dip my toes in that one. That was a little too trashy for me. 
I would not <laughs> openly say. Wasn't he like the good one on Shameless? He was, and he was. It look. You give me a character on TV that is off the charts smart, and I am here for it. He was so smart, and I was like, oh, God. I don't care if you're from Southside Chicago and your family's <laughs> crazy. I'll marry you tomorrow, Lip. I'll marry you tomorrow. Uh, I didn't. I've watched a lot of clips from Shameless, and I've watched some episodes, but I've never watched, like, like a full, like the full seasons. And actually, um, you know how there's, like, wikis for shows have you read the wiki for i literally like one night like started at season one and i just read through every single episode like you read that episode like a book for like how many seasons are there like 11 i did it for like six seasons i read through what every happened in every episode oh then you're good you're good and i i after eventually i was like stop what are you doing (laughs) <laughs> but I just want I wanted to know what was going to happen. So I kept reading. I do that really- more often than I like to admit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I love shows and I love. It's that nosy bitch energy in us. It, it is very nosy bitch energy where I just want to know what happened. Just tell me. <laughs> just tell me what's going to go. It's like, who are we gonna- talking about? I don't even care if I know them. Tell I me. Know. That is- Let's talk. <laughs> Let's talk. <laughs> I think that's a like, good place to stop. We're good. Yeah, I think, uh, please, if you have stuff that you need to get off your chest and you can't tell people, just tell us. Tell us. Send us a message. We will listen enthusiastically. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. We're really? bringing this nosy bitch energy into 2024. That's not stopping <laughs> now. It's bad karma, but we'll take it. It's fine. Yeah. We'll... Uh, <laughs> my we'll other stuff it. I do brings up my good karma, so we're fine. <laughs> it's good. All right, guys. We'll see you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Gruesome Horrific True Crime. We love you, beautiful strangers. And if you love us too, here are some ways that you can support Gruesome. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or a five-star rating on Spotify. This helps other true crime connoisseurs find us. Follow us at Gruesome Podcasts on Instagram or TikTok and talk to us on our posts. Join the Patreon. Sign up to join our True Crime Sticker of the Month Club and gain access to bonus episodes and exclusive Patreon perks. Or if a one-time donation is more your thing, we have a Venmo at Gruesome Podcast and a PayPal via our email, gruesomepodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of which... We love hearing from you. It seriously makes our whole life. So send us your questions, comments, suggestions, or just ask our opinion on whether that person you met on Tinder is a serial killer or not. Tune in next week and don't forget, lock your windows, lock your doors, and on Wednesdays, we're we're gruesome. gruesome. Bye. Bye.